0: section two of the history of mary prince by mary prince this librivox recording is in the public domain the history of mary prince part two there were two little slave boys in the house on whom she vented her bad temper in a special manner one of these children was a mulatto called cyrus who had been bought while an infant in his mother's arms the other jack was an african from the coast of guinea whom a sailor had given or sold to my master. Seldom a day passed without these boys receiving the most severe treatment, and often for no fault at all. Both my master and mistress seemed to think that they had a right to ill-use them at their pleasure, and very often accompanied their commands with blows, whether the children were behaving well or ill. I have seen their flesh ragged and raw with licks. Lick! Lick! They were never secure one moment from a blow, and their lives were passed in continual fear. My mistress was not contented with using the whip, but often pinched their cheeks and arms in the most cruel manner. My pity for these poor boys was soon transferred to myself, for I was licked and flogged and pinched by her pitiless fingers in the neck and arms exactly as they were. To strip me naked, to hang me up by the wrists and lay my flesh open with the cowskin was an ordinary punishment for even a slight offence my mistress often robbed me too of the hours that belonged to sleep she used to sit up very late frequently even until morning and i had then to stand at a bench and wash during the greater part of the night or pick wool and cotton and often i have dropped down overcome by sleep and fatigue till roused from a state of stupor by the whip and forced to start up to my tasks poor hetty my fellow-slave was very kind to me and i used to call her my aunt but she led a most miserable life and her death was hastened at least the slaves all believed and said so by the dreadful chastisement she received from my master during her pregnancy it happened as follows one of the cows had dragged the rope away from the stake to which hetty had fastened it and got loose my master flew into a terrible passion and ordered the poor creature to be stripped quite naked notwithstanding her pregnancy and to be tied up to a tree in the yard he then flogged her as hard as he could lick both with the whip and cowskin till she was all over streaming with blood he rested and then beat her again and again Her shrieks were terrible the consequence was that poor hetty was brought to bed before her time and was delivered after severe labour of a dead child she appeared to recover after her confinement so far that she was repeatedly flogged by both master and mistress afterwards but her former strength never returned to her ere long her body and limbs swelled to a great size and she lay on a mat in the kitchen till the water burst out of her body and she died all the slaves said that death was a good thing for poor hetty but i cried very much for her death the manner of it filled me with horror i could not bear to think about it yet it was always present to my mind for many a day after hetty died all her labours fell upon me in addition to my own I had now to milk eleven cows every morning before sunrise sitting among the damp weeds to take care of the cattle as well as the children and to do the work of the house there was no end to my toils no end to my blows i lay down at night and rose up in the morning in fear and sorrow and often wished that like poor hetty i could escape from this cruel bondage and be at rest in the grave but the hand of that god whom then i knew not was stretched over me and i was mercifully preserved for better things it was then however my heavy lot to weep 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 and that for years to pass from one misery to another and from one cruel master to a worse but i must go on with the thread of my story one day a heavy squall of wind and rain came on suddenly and my mistress sent me round the corner of the house to empty a large earthen jar the jar was already cracked with an old deep crack that divided it in the middle and in turning it upside down to empty it it parted in my hand i could not help the accident but i was dreadfully frightened looking forward to a severe punishment i ran crying to my mistress oh mistress the jar has come in too you have broken it have you she replied come directly here to me i came trembling she stripped and flogged me long and severely with the cowskin as long as she had strength to use the lash for she did not give over till she was quite tired when my master came home at night she told him of my fault and oh frightful how he fell a swearing after abusing me with every ill name he could think of too too bad to speak in england and giving me several heavy blows with his hand he said i shall come home to-morrow morning at twelve on purpose to give you a round hundred he kept his word oh sad for me i cannot easily forget it he tied me up upon a ladder and gave me a hundred lashes with his own hand and master benji stood by to count them for him when he had licked me for some time he sat down to take breath then after resting he beat me again and again until he was quite wearied and so hot for the weather was very sultry that he sank back in his chair almost like to faint while my mistress went to bring him drink there was a dreadful earthquake part of the roof fell down and everything in the house went clatter 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 oh i thought the end of all things near at hand and i was so sore with the flogging that i scarcely cared whether i lived or died the earth was groaning and shaking everything tumbling about and my mistress and the slaves were shrieking and crying out the earthquake the earthquake it was an awful day for us all during the confusion i crawled away on my hands and knees and laid myself down under the steps of the piazza in front of the house i was in a dreadful state my body all blood and bruises and i could not help moaning piteously the other slaves when they saw me shook their heads and said poor child poor child i lay there till the morning careless of what might happen for life was very weak in me and i wished more than ever to die but when we are very young death always seems a great way off and it would not come that night to me the next morning i was forced by my master to rise and go about my usual work though my body and limbs were so stiff and sore that i could not move without the greatest pain nevertheless even after all this severe punishment i never heard the last of that jar my mistress was always throwing it in my face some little time after this one of the cows got loose from the stake and ate one of the sweet potato slips i was milking when my master found it out he came to me and without any more ado stooped down and taking off his heavy boot he struck me such a severe blow in the small of my back that i shrieked with agony and thought i was killed and i feel the weakness in that part to this day The cow was frightened at his violence, and kicked down the pail and spilt the milk all about. My master knew that this accident was his own fault, but he was so enraged that he seemed glad of an excuse to go on with his ill usage. I cannot remember how many licks he gave me then, but he beat me till I was unable to stand, until he himself was weary. After this I ran away and went to my mother, who was living with Mr. Richard Darrell. My poor mother was both grieved and glad to see me, grieved because I had been so ill-used, and glad because she had not seen me for a long, long while. She dared not receive me into the house, but she hid me up in a hole in the rocks near, and brought me food at night, after everybody was asleep. My father, who lived at Crow Lane, over the saltwater channel, at last heard of my being hid up in the cavern, and he came and took me back to my master oh i was loath loath to go but as there was no remedy i was obliged to submit when we got home my poor father said to captain i sir i am sorry that my child should be forced to run away from her owner but the treatment she has received is enough to break her heart the sight of her wounds has nearly broke mine i entreat you for the love of god to forgive her for running away and that you will be a kind master to her in future captain i said i was used as well as i deserved and that i ought to be punished for running away i then took courage and said that i could stand the floggings no longer that i was weary of my life and therefore i had run away to my mother but mothers could only weep and mourn over their children they could not save them from cruel masters from the whip the rope and the cowskin he told me to hold my tongue and go about my work or he would find a way to settle me he did not however flog me that day for five years after this i remained in his house and almost daily received the same harsh treatment at length he put me on board a sloop and to my great joy sent me away to turk's island I was not permitted to see my mother or father or poor sisters and brothers to say good though going away to a strange land and might never see them again oh the buckra people who keep slaves think that black people are like cattle without natural affection but my heart tells me it is far otherwise we were nearly four weeks on the voyage which was unusually long Sometimes we had a light breeze, sometimes a great calm, and the ship made no way, so that our provisions and water ran very low, and we were put upon short allowance. I should almost have been starved had it not been for the kindness of a black man called Antony and his wife, who had brought their own victuals and shared them with me. When we went ashore at the Grand Quay, the captain sent me to the house of my new master, Mr. D., to whom Captain I. had sold me. Grand Quay is a small town upon a sandbank, the houses low and built of wood. Such was my new master's. The first person I saw on my arrival was Mr. D, a stout, sulky looking man, who carried me through the hall to show me to his wife and children. Next day I was put up by the vendue master to know how much I was worth, and I was valued at one hundred pounds currency my new master was one of the owners or holders of the salt ponds and he received a certain sum for every slave that worked upon his premises whether they were young or old this sum was allowed him out of the profits arising from the salt works i was immediately sent to work in the salt water with the rest of the slaves this work was perfectly new to me i was given a half-barrel and a shovel and had to stand up to my knees in the water from four o'clock in the morning till nine When we were given some indian corn boiled in water which we were obliged to swallow as fast as we could for fear the rain should come on and melt the salt we were then called again to our tasks and worked through the heat of the day the sun flaming upon our heads like fire and raising salt blisters in those parts which were not completely covered our feet and legs from standing in the salt water for so many hours soon became full of dreadful boils which eat down in some cases to the very bone, afflicting the sufferers with great torment. We came home at twelve, ate our corn soup, called blawley as fast as we could, and went back to our employment till dark at night. We then shoveled up the salt in large heaps, and went down to the sea, where we washed the pickle from our limbs, and cleaned the barrows and shovels from the salt. When we returned to the house our master gave us each our allowance of raw indian corn which we pounded in a mortar and boiled in water for our suppers we slept in a long shed divided into narrow slips like the stalls used for cattle boards fixed upon stakes driven into the ground without mat or covering were our only beds on sundays after we had washed the salt bags and done other work required of us We went into the bush and cut the long soft grass of which we made trusses for our legs and feet to rest upon for they were so full of the salt boils that we could get no rest lying upon the bare boards though we worked from morning till night there was no satisfying mr d i hoped when i left captain i that i should have been better off but i found it was but going from one butcher to another There was this difference between them. My former master used to beat me while raging and foaming with passion. Mr. D. was usually quite calm. He would stand by and give orders for a slave to be cruelly whipped and assist in the punishment without moving a muscle of his face, walking about and taking snuff with the greatest composure. Nothing could touch his hard heart neither sighs nor tears nor prayers nor streaming blood he was deaf to our cries and careless of our sufferings mr d has often stripped me naked hung me up by the wrists and beat me with the cowskin with his own hand till my body was raw with gashes yet there was nothing very remarkable in this for it might serve as a sample of the common usage of the slaves on that horrible island owing to the boils in my feet i was unable to wheel the barrow fast through the sand which got into the sores and made me stumble at every step and my master having no pity for my sufferings from this cause rendered them far more intolerable by chastising me for not being able to move so fast as he wished me another of our employments was to row a little way off from the shore in a boat and dive for large stones to build a wall round our master's house this was very hard work and the great waves breaking over us continually made us often so giddy that we lost our footing and were in danger of being drowned ah poor me my tasks were never ended sick or well it was work 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 after the diving season was over we were sent to the south creek with large bills to cut up mangoes to burn lime with whilst one party of slaves were thus employed another were sent to the other side of the island to break up coral out of the sea when we were ill let our complaint be what it might the only medicine given to us was a great bowl of hot salt water with salt mixed with it which made us very sick If we could not keep up with the rest of the gang of slaves we were put in the stocks and severely flogged the next morning yet not the less our master expected after we had thus been kept from our rest and our limbs rendered stiff and sore with ill usage that we should still go through the ordinary tasks of the day all the same sometimes we had to work all night measuring salt to load a vessel or turning a machine to draw water out of the sea for the salt making then we had no sleep no rest but were forced to work as fast as we could and go on again all next day the same as usual work 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 oh that turk's island was a horrible place the people in england i am sure have never found out what is carried on there cruel horrible place mr d had a slave called old daniel whom he used to treat in the most cruel manner poor daniel was lame in the hip and could not keep up with the rest of the slaves and our master would order him to be stripped and laid down on the ground and have him beaten with a rod of rough briar till his skin was quite red and raw he would then call for a bucket of salt and fling upon the raw flesh till the man writhed on the ground like a worm and screamed aloud with agony this poor man's wounds were never healed and i have often seen them full of maggots which increased his torments to an intolerable degree he was an object of pity and terror to the whole gang of slaves and in his wretched case we saw each of us our own lot if we should live to be as old oh the horrors of slavery how the thought of it pains my heart but the truth ought to be told of it and what my eyes have seen i think it is my duty to relate for few people in england know what slavery is i have been a slave i have felt what a slave feels and i know what a slave knows and i would have all the good people in england to know it too that they may break our chains and set us free mr d had another slave called ben he being very hungry stole a little rice one night after he came in from work and cooked it for his supper but his master soon discovered the theft and locked him up all night and kept him without food till one o'clock the next day then he hung ben up by his hands and beat him from time to time till the slaves came in at night we found the poor creature hung up when we came home with a pool of blood beneath him and our master still licking him but this was not the worst my master's son was in the habit of stealing the rice and rum ben had seen him do this and thought he might do the same and when master found out that ben had stolen the rice and swore to punish him he tried to excuse himself by saying that master dicky did the same thing every night the lad denied it to his father and was so angry with ben for informing against him that out of revenge he ran and got a bayonet and whilst the poor wretch was suspended by his hands and writhing under his wounds he ran it quite through his foot i was not by when he did it but i saw the wound when i came home and heard ben tell the manner in which it was done i must say something more about this cruel son of a cruel father he had no heart no fear of god he had been brought up by a bad father in a bad path and he delighted to follow in the same steps there was a little old woman among the slaves called sarah who was nearly past work and master dicky being the overseer of the slaves just then this poor creature who was subject to several bodily infirmities and was not quite right in her head did not wheel the barrow fast enough to please him he threw her down on the ground and after beating her severely he took her up in his arms and flung her among the prickly pear bushes which are all covered over with sharp venomous prickles by this her naked flesh was so grievously wounded that her body swelled and festered all over and she died a few days after in telling my own sorrows i cannot pass by those of my fellow-slaves for when i think of my own griefs i remember theirs I think it was about ten years i had worked in the salt ponds at turk's island when my master left off business and retired to a house he had in bermuda leaving his son to succeed him in the island he took me with him to wait upon his daughters and i was joyful for i was sick sick of turk's island and my heart yearned to see my native place again my mother and my kindred I had seen my poor mother during the time I was a slave in Turk's Island. One Sunday morning, I was on the beach with some of the slaves, and we saw a sloop come in loaded with slaves to work in the salt water. We got a boat and went aboard. When I came upon the deck, I asked the black people, Is there anyone here for me? Yes, they said, Your mother. I thought they said this in jest. I could scarcely believe them for joy but when i saw my poor mammy my joy was turned to sorrow for she had gone from her senses mammy i said is this you she did not know me mammy i said what's the matter she began to talk foolishly and said that she had been under the vessel's bottom they had been overtaken by a violent storm at sea my poor mother had never been on the sea before and she was so ill that she lost her senses, and it was long before she came quite to herself again. She had a sweet child with her, a little sister I had never seen, about four years of age, called Rebecca. I took her on shore with me, for I felt I should love her directly, and I kept her with me a week. Poor little thing! Hers has been a sad life, and continues so to this day my mother worked for some years on the island but was taken back to bermuda some time before my master carried me again thither end of section 2